Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Line of Vienna Suite podcast, episode 28. That's right, we've been coming in your ears for 28 long-ass weeks. Uh, it's Sunday, it's about half nine or so, um, it's another weekend that Bolton failed to win, something that's particularly unsurprising. Um, it's the official podcast, of course, of the club that's only won three games in the last 20 matches. Let that sink in. Unbelievable. Tonight, I'm joined by Liam. Uh, Liam, how are you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, good, thanks. Good to be back, Chris. What about yourself? Excellent. Very happy. It's the first wedding anniversary today, so I've been out to, uh, been out to celebrate, as you do, uh, in true style with a, with a carvery lunchtime. Absolute <laughs> mountain, mountain of a plate of food. We really know how to, how to set, the, uh, set the light wild. It's been good. Uh, we've also got Rob. Rob is our standing tech wizard, seeing as Daniel Murphy is now a university student. He'll probably be face down somewhere in a ditch on Freshers' weekend, enjoying himself, I hope, no doubt. But Rob... You're obviously you're not unfamiliar to us on the podcast, and uh, from now on you're going to be taking over these technical jobs while Dan's away. Uh, have you had a good weekend, pal? Apart from football, of course. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Yeah, um, a lot of rugby, which is good. Takes away the pain of watching the football. So, yeah, it's been good. <laughs> I can't pretend to be any, any sort of expert on rugby, but then again, I'm uh, I'm not really an expert on football either. <laughs> but hey, never stopped us before. Let's dive straight in. Uh, we'll try and do things in chronological order. You two, I know. On the hour, our hastily assembled agenda, we've got Huddersfield first and Chef Wednesday second, but I'm going to flip it, uh, as Blazing Sod's squad said so so eloquently in the hit song, <laughs> flip reverse, and we'll go to Chef. We'll just talk about Sheffield Wednesday, because obviously that was the game last Tuesday <clears throat> at the Reebok. It was a nil-nil draw, um, given the way the game started. Uh, obviously, Bolton on the back foot quite a lot. I think most you know, all of us would have taken a point, perhaps at half-time, um, but... Wednesday, obviously, they've got they've been a decent team so far this season. I know that they've, they've been a bit inconsistent, but I was quite impressed with the way they the way they began the game. Uh, Liam, how did you find Wednesday? Did you think that they had something a little bit more about them, perhaps, than you expected, and certainly more about them than Wednesday sides have in, in recent years? Well, they started the season with a lot of ambition in the yeah, transfer market, didn't they? You know, there was a lot rumored bids. They were they were putting some they were throwing some serious money there. Whether they managed to get the targets or not was a different case. But I was quite impressed with Sheffield Wednesday, to be honest, and. It looks like they've quickly identified, obviously, our, our mate Barry Bannon to build the team around, and he, he was pulling the strings from the start, really, and we really we really struggled, despite us knowing everything we could possibly know about him. So I think I would have taken a draw before the game, and I definitely would have taken it at half-time, and I, and I took it after the game, to be honest. I think that's a good point, and it's a very good team to get a clean sheet against. I know I'm speaking just after a different game, but looking at that game on its own, Getting a clean sheet was very a very good night's work, actually. Definitely. I, I thought we dealt with Bannon quite well, to be honest. We kept him deep. Um, I know his, his game isn't necessarily too much involving marauding forward, but I thought we restricted him to maybe just one or two of his, of his famous long-range passes. Uh, so I thought we, we kept on top of Bannon fairly well. Um, the way they started the game, though, Wednesday, obviously they were, they were pressing hard and they were pressing fast. I mean, it was obvious they wouldn't have been able to keep that up for a whole 90 minutes. And so I thought our lot, they really, really did well. Obviously, we rode our luck once or twice, what with them going clean through, I think, on two occasions, and the fella slipping and falling on his backside. Um, but it was a decent point. I think I think we're all correct in saying that. Rob, um, going into the game, Wednesday at home, you know, traditionally you'd expect Bolton to win that, but it's a different world, isn't it, these days? Um, from what you saw of the game, if you, if you saw any of it at all, um, what were you, any sort of conclusions you could draw from it, other than the obvious with, with Clough's injury being the major talking point? Well, I think after that game, we all thought, our defence is wonderful. We're going to build our team on a solid defence. So yeah, without the hindsight of yesterday, I think that was what I took from it. We we played all right. We didn't really create much. 
we defended really well, stopped them. We really stopped, like like you said, we stopped Bannon playing, which is the main thing. Um, I thought they really lacked a striker. I don't know about that Nahui, Nahiu, however you say that guy's name, but I think they, they looked all right without a cutting edge. A bit like us, I guess. Yeah, it was very similar to Bolton, wasn't it? Very similar in that they had a big yeah. stump up front who, 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 whilst the physical presence wasn't really much of a, of a goal-scoring threat. Mm. Um, I think they kind of played for a goal as well, really. I think they came yeah. to Bolton thinking, we'll take a draw. The major talking point from the game was the uh, the shoulder injury suffered by Azat Clough. It's the opposite shoulder of the one that he injured last year, but an injury all the same that will keep him out until Christmas, according to Neil Lennon. Uh, Rob, there are two questions for you. Who do you think could re- can replace Clough? Or do you think we should change the way we're playing and perhaps integrate somebody from the existing squad? I mean, I'm sure most of us are going to say we need to sign another striker, but but just bear that in mind. Who can replace Clough or, or should we change the way that we play? Um, I'm not really sure anyone can replace Clough. I think maybe, I think we saw yesterday that Dobby can't really replace him. Um, he's not really the same kind of player. But I think of the players we have, maybe Mark Davis is the one that can. I'm not really 100% convinced he should be playing in the centre midfield. I think we need maybe Bella in there instead of him and maybe push Mark Davis a bit further forwards. Mm. Um, I think he could then have a bit more freedom, run at players, which he started to do against Wolves, but hasn't really had enough freedom to do. Um, and ideally, start scoring some goals because that's what we need from him. So I'd put him there. But if we're not going to do that, then we probably need to look at changing the way we're playing. Um, maybe get someone up front alongside uh, Medine and... Yeah, I think that might be the option. Liam, same question to you. Uh, should we, who can replace Clough? Or do we need to change the way we play altogether and, and, and go down a different path? I don't think anyone can replace him. I, I think there's an argument for Mark Davis, but I don't think he's ever been that successful in that particular role. But saying mm. that, he's never played it for a long period of time. He's always been shifted around the midfield. So I've never seen him play a run of games just behind the strikers. I think a saving grace, perhaps, is that Prattley is not far off being back. And Clayton, as well, is not far off being back, both of which can be influential in that sort of role. So I can't I can't see Lennon changing the way we're playing. It's taken him a long time to try and get some sort of system together, so I can't see him changing it. So it's probably going to be one of them two, but in the meantime, probably will be Mark Davis. I suppose, you know, a lot of the reasons why we say Nolan might not come back, I think that all changes when uh, Zach Clough's shoulder pops out. Yeah, it's a big blow, wasn't it? I mean, you could just tell the way he was sat on the turf. Uh, he had his back to me from where I sit in the east and lower, uh, but you could tell just the way he was responding and the way this, the physios came on at, a, at quite a pace that that something wasn't right. And it's a real shame because I think he was starting to get a little bit of form, a little bit of form back in, starting to play the way that we know he can play. From my point of view, uh, I I would come down in the same manner as the both of you. I don't think we can replace him, not like for like. I think it's going to necessitate a change because I think Mark Davies, like Liam said sometimes looks a bit a bit lost in that position, which is odd given his natural talents. Prattley and Clayton both a couple of weeks away, I think at the very least, from being fit. So whoever we bring in, and I think bringing in somebody in the next couple of days is vital to, to get them bedded in before the, the next game against Brighton on Saturday, is is imperative. And, and I think Lennon's comments in the paper at weekend, uh, today, sorry, really do uh, highlight his desire to. Um, why we haven't done that up to now is, is anyone's guess. Uh, most guesses begin with, Begin with Gartside, don't they? Really, as to why we haven't done that. Obviously, we don't know whether that's true or not. Um, we've got a couple of notes about Bolton's form in general, but I'm going to we're going to talk about that when we discuss the strikers. I think, but let's move on to Huddersfield. Um, what, what, Matt, Liam? We'll stick with you first of all. Like you said at the start, we had a we thought we had a solid defence, didn't we, last week? All of a sudden, we've let in four goals, and by all accounts, 
looked absolutely shambolic against Huddersfield on Saturday. Um, can you think of any reasons why that might have been? Um, you know, complacency, maybe a little bit of, of, of arrogance, perhaps, given the way that we played so well the other day? I think as good as our defence has been, I think everyone has seen that there is a calamitous streak, particularly in the centre. I think as good as Derek has said he is, he's got a wayward ball in him. And, you know, for all much that we've liked Prince, he's also got a mistake in him pretty much every time he's got the ball. So it really doesn't surprise me that when it's when it goes wrong, it can go really wrong. I'm not necessarily surprised or massively concerned. I think ideally he would have a Dorian David and a Wheater in with one of them two. I think when you're playing them two together, there is a big chance this could happen. I mean, I don't know what you think, Rob. Yeah, I agree. Um, I watched the goals back today and it's just like, it's a, it's a lesson how not to defend, isn't it? It's just every goal is awful. It um, really is. Like the first goal is just dreadful marking. There's no one within 20 yards of the bloke that scores. The second and, third, second and fourth goal, I think Wilson has an absolute nightmare. And then the third goal, Dan, if you watch it, Dan's is running with the guy and stops to watch the cross come in. And the guy he's marking scores. You're just like, what are you doing? It's just dreadful defending. So I don't know what's happened in the midweek, but... Maybe they're just tired. Yeah, really poor. Yeah. Really, really poor, lads. Um, really, really poor stuff. Yeah, Derek to get sent off in the last minute as well. It's just like, he's had a rubbish game, but then to go and do that when he's on a yellow already is just stupid. Well, we saw against Blackburn that we, we've got a brain fart in us, haven't we, at the back, more, on more <laughs> than one occasion. Um, <clears throat> I think, personally, from personal speaking, I, I, I think it's a little bit of both. A little bit of, of, of arrogance, perhaps a little bit of complacency, the fact that we have been defending very well. And maybe we have all gone a little bit over the top in our praise uh, for the for the boys in the defence. Lennon speaking in the paper today, very unimpressed with Wilson, and so I wonder whether that'll maybe hasten the the introduction of Pizarro. We've spoken on the podcast before about how it may take a very poor performance from any of the back four to to allow any of the uh, the reserve defenders, be it Wheater, Casado, Pizarro, anyone like that, uh, to get a chance in the team, and that may well be the case uh, given the fact that we're playing top of the league, Brighton, on Saturday. Um, Feeney scored again, Liam. Um, he is starting to starting to look like our most reliable finisher at the moment. Would you say? Fair play to him. Fair play to him. He's he's fallen on from a good pre-season, which has helped. Obviously, towards the back end and well, really throughout all of last season, he was singled out by a lot of people. So he was constantly underperforming. But it's hard to criticise him. He's doing all the right things. So it's really refreshing to see actually someone you know really addressing the faults in the game and. And pushing forward, and a little bit of confidence in front of goal from it, from particularly his sort of position is, you know, it's been very useful to us. So, I mean, I'm I'm very pleased to see it, Chris. It's good, isn't it? I mean, we need we need that sort of uh, support from the midfield. I think we said it in a podcast at the start of the season about how we can share the goals around the team. It makes a huge difference. Now, from the strikers' point of view, obviously Heskey began the game. Uh, I was quite happy with that, but then he he got injured. And Medine came on, and it was a surprise to nobody that he failed to trouble the scorers, failed to trouble the goalkeeper so much. Um, where do where do we go from here, Rob? In terms of our strikers, I mean, we've got to we've got to make a signing, haven't we, in the next couple of days? Because it's really not working for the. Well, we're down to two, aren't we now? Um, we've got the fans absolutely clamouring for a pair of sixteen-year-olds with Thomas and Sami Zade to get on the bench and to be involved sooner rather than later. Leonard's not going to have a chance, is he? Uh, not going to have a choice. He's going to have to put them in. He is really. Um, we re- we need someone who knows how to score a goal. Um, I'm not saying that Thomas and Samizade are the option. I don't think they're ready. 
Um, even though I may have tweeted that yesterday, I don't think they are ready. Um, they're too young, and they haven't. Re- they've they've not even had a taste of first team football yet. So there'd be way too much pressure to throw on them. So we need to go after someone who has experience of playing in the championship, has experience of scoring goals. Ideally, if you look at Medine, he doesn't look like he's going to score, does he? Um, and he's never really scored goals in his career, so we shouldn't we shouldn't really have been expecting him to score. Um, I didn't. So, yeah, I think we need someone like my, my first choice would be Gary Hooper. Personally, if we can get him, just bring him in. But um, what do you guys reckon, Liam? So that's you first. Uh, I mean, I, I've been scratching my head all day since we uh, since we spoke about it earlier and who we would who, who we would want. It's it's a very very difficult question. I, I can't see an obvious choice in terms of thinking. Okay, let's go for that person because. It's been quite a while since Gary Hooper was scoring freely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Hooper seems a great choice, but isn't he on 35 grand a week? You know, so <laughs> we're subsidising quite a lot. We'll subsidise quite a significant amount of that to get in someone that, for me, for a good few years, hasn't been manging him in on a regular mm. basis. I mean, we were linked early on in the summer with um, Young Murphy yeah. at Norwich. I, I I think it's going to be that kind of player that we're going to be getting. I don't think it's going to be someone who's a proven goal scorer. I just don't see where, where we could get that from. I mean, I know we're probably in the queue for Wilson at, at United. It would take a lot for that to happen, I imagine. But I suppose what we can offer is that he starts every week and it seems as though that's the main thing that United are looking for. So I'd probably look to put all the eggs in that basket, really, because we might be quite lucky in terms of getting him. Hmm. I think Wilson's a gamble as well, though, isn't he? He's never—he's only started what a few games for United. Um, scored yeah. two. I think he scored two in a match against Hull, didn't he? But he's never <sighs> been out on loan before. He's never really played first-team football before, so he'd be a gamble. But That's to be it. honest, we're we're not we're not really in a position where we can afford to go for the guaranteed no. option. Either. There aren't no. any guaranteed options these days. Even even the likes of Wilson, obviously, that is. is Pedigree is coming from United, but he doesn't really have a career goal scoring history at first team level behind him, does he? I think that's why we're being linked with the likes of Lafferty, um, Murphy, people like that. They're, they're, they're people on the, on the periphery of their own teams. And they're only really going out to try and get in the shot window, much in the way that Lafondre did last season. Um, I mean, we've scored four goals in nine games now this season, and Medina and Heskey being our two remaining strikers, uh, given Clough's absence, they haven't scored, n- not once. Um, but Lennon was in the paper explaining that he had he's got some spare cash now, or that Wanderers are in the black comparatively to when comparative to when he arrived at the club. So it's got to be it's got to be happening in the next couple of days, doesn't it? There's no two ways about it. Um, Nicky Maynard has been mentioned. He obviously had a decent start to his career when he was at Crew Alexandra, West Ham, uh, Cardiff. Gone off the boil a little bit since then. But that's the type of caliber of play that we're talking about, and that reinforces my point that we are looking for the, the second choice, the third, fourth choice. Somebody that can come in, a little spark of interest, a little bit of needing to prove themselves, uh, much in the way that Alfie did, and then we can maybe get the benefit of it. But we can't get the guaranteed thing. Like Gary Hooper is, is the world's biggest pipe dream. In the, you know, It'd be fantastic for us the way that we play. But like, like you said, Liam, wages. Norwich will probably want a fee to take him off the hands as well at the same time. Um, the team we've got, I think we can be quite creative. I think we've probably got... You know, we've got decent wingers in Wellington Silver. Feeney will, will whip, whip a couple of balls in. Maybe one in every two, every two or three might be half decent. But it's enough for a, a striker of a, of a decent calibre. Um, I, I know I'm, I'm going to try and put you on the spot a little bit, uh, Liam. I'll come to you first on that one. But if you could have anybody 
you know, anyone of a realistic, reasonable level? Uh, I know it's a difficult question to ask off the top of your head, but who do you think we should be looking at? Do you think Lafferty and so on are the are the, the right targets for us? I think we need to put all our eggs in one basket and maybe aim aim slightly higher. Obviously, I'm not talking about Vidra two and a half million quid to get him on loan that kind of level. Something maybe a little bit more realistic. Probably Lafferty is the one throughout this you know this period that keeps coming up. That I just think that would probably work. To be fair. He's yeah. um, he's got a lot of confidence in terms of his performances for Northern Ireland, and that's half have come because of the reliance on him there. You know, he's really taken that by the scruff of the neck and really performed. So I think it'd be a similar situation for him here. Plus, his big frame as well sort of links in with what Lennon's trying to do with Medine, who it obviously isn't working for at the moment. I still think Medine might come good, but it's clear that something needs to change right now. So I think Lafferty is the one. Lennon would like Lafferty, clearly. He knows him very well. So I think that's the one. But if I was looking a little bit further afield, I'm seeing Fraser Campbell not getting games for Palace. Now, again, you know, the wage is... It's a Premier League wage, but, you know, that's someone there that, for me, just being wasted. You know, why not get him on loan to us for a few yeah. months? You might get, might get a few quid for him at Christmas because he bangs five or six in. So, you know, th- th- one of them two for me. Well, Campbell came on for Palace today, didn't he? So he's obviously not first choice. Uh, he mm. came on to, to very little effect against Spurs today. But uh, Rob, the same question to you. Um, Centre-forwards, I mean, we've all got our little wish lists, but re- realistically speaking, uh, they're, they're very short short lists, aren't they? They are. There's not many out there. But, I mean, if it's football manager and you've got like your list of transfer-listed players and loan-listed players, then there must be loads out there at Premier League clubs who aren't playing and want to go out and play football. There must be loads of players out there, but I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. But I think Lafferty's not a bad shout. He's kind of what we need. Um, I, I saw Lennon, Lennon's comments after the match yesterday talking about having a more physical presence as well as having goals. So, I mean, Lafferty would kind of bring that. Um, I think he scored 11 goals for Palermo a couple of years ago. So, yeah, he wouldn't be a bad shout, I think, of all the people out there. Most definitely, most definitely. Okay, well, we've not really managed to come to any conclusions there, but I don't think Neil Lennon has at the same time. It's very difficult. Uh, what we're going to do is just take a, a very short break. Uh, we're going to come back in a second. We're going to talk about why our away form is so poor, and we'll talk about Neil Lennon and how he uh, how he's working to address it. So I think that's Wednesday and Huddersfield covered in reasonable detail. So stay where you are. We'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> Okay, you're back in the room. It's Love Pod 28 uh, with Chris, Rob, and Liam. Um, we're going to be talking about Wanderers and their away form and uh, Lennon's response to that. So, just to repeat a stat from the very first uh, first moment of tonight's pod, Bolton have won three times in the last 20 matches. It's it's pathetic. It's there's no other word for it. It's pathetic. Um, we'll start with the away form before we talk about Lennon and how we think he's doing so far. But I want to come to you first, Liam, on, on, on why do you think our away form is so poor. Uh, we, it's been seven games now since the Cardiff three-nil uh, victory back in April, and that itself is the only win we've had in the last fourteen away matches, uh, stretching back to God knows when. Um, in my opinion, we've never been good away, from as long as I can remember when watching Bolton. It's always been a a, a, a bit of a turn up for the books when we get a decent result. But why do you think our away form is so poor? I think our weaknesses become more exposed. I think our decline becomes more evident away than it does at home because we do have a lift in front of our or our own fans, surprising as that may be. So I think 
whenever we're away, it just becomes more prevalent how dire the situation is. And I don't think that this is anything to do with any manager that we've had in the last five years. I think this is simply a case of the reduce of input in terms of money is causing a reduce of output in terms of performances. So as we keep chipping away at what we can afford to spend on quality players, the more the performances go down, regardless, really, who's, who's in charge. And I just think that any sort of indicator can really be seen over a constant of an away form. And if you look at our away form over the last 12 months, 18 months, two years, we're very lucky to still be in the championship, in my opinion. Yeah, it's getting worse, isn't it? Mm, definitely, definitely. And I don't think there's anything Lenin can do about it for the reasons that we've just said. His, his hands aren't tied. They're amputated. There is nothing he can do. Hmm. He, he, he cannot change it. And it, it must be driving him insane, thinking, what can I do? What can I do to, with this team? And we talk about bringing Spearman in, but this is a guy that 12 months ago we were slating. All of us were slating him because he can't pass. And it's just, you know... We're going round in circles. We really are, absolutely. I mean, it's it's so difficult to to put even to, to pinpoint where we're going wrong because whilst we know how we played against Wolves uh, the week before, it was so impressive and it was so good going forward. They had the moments of madness here and there naturally, but it was so impressive and we looked really coherent, really decent and, and, and quick as well. And then we go and have a performance like we did yesterday, and it puts us right back to square one. It really is a, a question of. One step forward and two steps back with Bolton in the last 18 months. Maybe even longer than that. Maybe maybe since Allardyce left. I mean, you could maybe make an argument for it all that far back that we, we've really, really struggled, haven't we? We swam against the tide so often um, and eventually it's going to catch up with you. Uh, Rob, same question to you. Why do you think our away form is so bad? Um, feel free to, to repeat what you need to repeat if we've said it already, but just interested to know where you stand on this one. I think it's hard to pinpoint, apart from the fact that we're not very good. <laughs> that's that's the main thing. But um, I just think we lack a bit of... I think we're a bit naive when we go away from home. Um, we try and play the way that we do at home and we just get taken apart like we did yesterday. I mean, if you look at... You've got a midfield of Dans and Davis and there's no one there who's going to get stuck in and put their foot through the ball and just no. get the lads riled up. But you need someone in there who's going to do that. I know we don't really have anyone. I mean, Prattley well, we might... do. We've got two of them, but they're on the bench. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Prattley might do it when he's back in, but I don't understand why Josh Bell is not playing. Um, when he came on against Wolves, was it? Um, yeah. He got his foot in. He's put. He's getting tackles in, then running forwards with the ball, which Dan's has never done in his life. And Dan's is just a. He's just a passenger all the time. So I think he's maybe the reason why we don't win away from home, because he doesn't do anything. He doesn't tackle people. He can't pass gives the ball away too easily he's just lightweight so that's kind of typifies our whole team so we need someone in there who's gonna kick people basically well Lennon was in Lennon was, when he's interviewed as part of the BWSA meeting last week he said that he preferred Dan's to Spearing because he feels that Dan's is more dynamic at getting around the pitch so obviously he thinks that Spearing's energy isn't as isn't as appropriate as isn't as good as Dan's is but Liam, coming to you on that one, do you think it's time that we sacrifice dynamism for a little bit of class on the ball, a little bit of common sense in the pass or, or strength in the tackle? It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I don't think he's going to do it while Prattley's out. Because with, without Dan Zan Prattley, you really are missing that dynamism. It is important. And it's easy to single out Dan's as a, as a reason for it. But I think without Dan's sort of covering those yards, I think the pitch would be a lot worse. Yeah. So... Yeah, I can understand people's frustration in terms of why Villa's not playing. But I think without Prattley, Villa will not play in midfield because the the running that is short 
with Vela sort of meandering around the pitch. It's no criticism, just the way he plays. You you can't Prattley will compensate for that and Dance has to do the same. So mm. it's it's one or the other with them. So yeah, I wouldn't necessarily bring Vela back in until um Prattley's back. Maybe we need well, to change the way we play away from home. So we set up in that kind of four two three one. There's no one protecting the defence, so we need someone in there who's gonna actually break the play up. So Prince and Prince and Derek aren't going to get exposed like they were yesterday. So maybe that's what we need to do. Like maybe when obviously Clough's not there anymore, so you take someone out that hole and just drop someone in behind the defence. That might that might help. I don't know. I'd probably argue spearing them. I'd yeah. put spearing next to Mark Davis personally. Yeah. Yeah. I- yeah, it might free Davis up to go forward a bit more too because I know he's not he's not afraid of going forward. But playing as one of the central two, you've got to be mindful of your position on the pitch, haven't you? So perhaps if you've got spearing as somebody that goes doesn't go beyond the halfway line but does the dirty work, you know, like yeah. uh, to, to extrapolate it a little bit. I was watching Barcelona tonight. Mm. Uh, Busquets, for example, if, he, he don't do anything going forward. He just gets the ball off people and gives it to the better footballers, and that's the sort of role that I'm thinking of as spearing. Obviously, not uh, not not Busquets's sort of quality, but but that kind of role. Liam, do you think there's a bit of mileage in that? Yeah, definitely, hundred yeah. percent. I just don't know whether spearing has the discipline to do it, and I think. I think I think he has been told to play that role, but the amount of times he'll try and pick the ball up and you know move it out wide, constantly knocking it out wide. I think that's what's putting Lennon off, putting him in. It's not necessarily due to his defensive, because everyone can see that he's a very good Championship player defensively. You know, there's no question of that. It's just as soon as he picks the ball up, he's breaking up what we're trying to do by knocking it wide because he's not confident in his own ability on the ball. Yeah, no. Mark Davis could go and get it off him. But I don't think Spearing's got the temperament to play within himself. I think well, the one of the player we might have who should be able to do that role, but is doesn't because he's rubbish, is Liam Trotter. If you yeah. look at if you look at Trotter, he should be able to sit there and does what do what Busquets does. Break yeah. up the play, give it into the guys who can actually play a bit, and off we go. He should be able to do that, but he doesn't. So Absolutely, I totally agree with you. Um, it's interesting with Trotter, and it you might get to the point where you don't have a choice, do you? You mm. you have to play him and you and you have to give somebody else a go. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if he's fit or not yet, though. I think he played for the under twenty ones, didn't he? Yeah, he did, and uh, I, I don't know how he got on, but we can only only presume it wasn't too great because he was nowhere <laughs> near the first team again at weekend. But, but hey, we could always stick Jamie Thomas in midfield. After all, he, he can do anything. Do you think Derek could play in that role as well? Like, well, Cam- Campo did, didn't he? Campo yeah. made the transition from uh, from centre half to, to classy defensive midfielder with relative ease. I don't know if he's ever played there uh, in the past. Liam, as our official Real Madrid reserves correspondent, uh, do you think Derek could play that role? I think he could, yeah, to be fair. I think he's got all the attributes of playing that role. I don't know if he's ever played there personally. I, I, I can't remember everyone ever mentioning. <clears throat> no, I don't think you have. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I can see him as someone who could play across all the, the back four and anywhere in the midfield. I think Marcos Alonso had that in him as well. He, he could have played there. I, I was screaming for years for him to go in midfield. So... Yeah, I mean, he can play there. He's a, he's a gifted footballer, isn't he? And so he, he could go there, but, you know, let's get him playing well at centre-back first before we put him in more important positions. Well, look, look, into, look into Brighton at weekend. Derek can have the weekend off, can he? And, and maybe think about what he's, where he's, his future lies in terms of positional sense then and there. Um, but in your lifetime, Liam, have you ever thought Bolton are a good away team? Obviously, you, no. get, de- you, get, you get decent away teams here and there. You know, obviously the bigger lads... I've got better records and that kind of thing. But I, I know from my point of view, we've always been shit away from home. What do you think? 
even when we were good, we were shit away from home. Mm-hmm. I I can't remember us being solid. I mean, don't get me wrong, there was a period where we were picking up nice little 2-1 wins, and I think it was the season, the second season we had Juve, the, when, we, when we first qualified for Europe, and we were picking up some nice wins away from home, but they never felt comfortable. It, no. it, it, was, never, it was never like we went to places like Portsmouth and played them off the park. They, they, they were scruffing it and digging out results. So, you know, I, I think it's just the culture of our club not to be good away from home, just like it isn't to really keep the ball. I can't remember us ever doing that. So I, I think these cultures are ingrained in a club, and I just, think, I just can't see us being good away. I mean, only the year we went up when we got up, but, you know, when we, Aldridge stopped us getting the 100 points and he, it was the best thing he's ever done in his career. I think that was the only time I could remember us picking points up away from home. Yeah, the time that we the time that we had Ian Marshall up front, I remember the season there going to away games with extreme confidence. Obviously, the, the season that we got up with Preston, we played Preston in the playoff final. That season, we went to away games, and you thought, yeah, you know, we're going to be on that. We're going to be all right here. Uh, but I think Wanderers historically, we, we've been pretty bobbins away from home, and, and nothing seems like it's going to change. And I know there's been a bit of a backlash against Lenny online uh, in the last 24 hours or so, which is understandable given the nature of yesterday's performance. We'll take a short break. We'll come back and we'll talk about Lennon um, for a whole segment before we move on to Brighton. So give us a sec. Stay where you are. We'll be back after this short break. Okay, you scumbags. Welcome back to Love Pod 28. I'm still being joined by Rob and by the lovely Liam. Um, right, we had a quick chat then about our form in general um, and also our form in the last decade. So we've covered quite a few wide-ranging topics. There's been a bit of criticism of our Lenny online since yesterday's disappointing 4-1 defeat away to Huddersfield Town leaves the manager with a win ratio of just 29% which is 1% better off than Gary Megson but is poorer than Coyle and significantly poorer than that of, of his predecessor Dougie Friedman so Liam resident Neil Lennon devotee what's going wrong uh, is it anything the manager needs to do in your opinion uh, and what can he do in the week off between the uh, between yesterday and the coming Saturday when we bring we welcome Brighton to the Reebok. Very little, to be honest. I think I'm really feeling for the guy. It's just a case of reducing the input, as I was saying earlier. We we can't keep not putting money in it and expecting results on the pitch. Yeah. Under Friedman, we declined our input in terms of what we were investing in the squad, and you could our results as a as as a result our performances declined under Friedman. That's really continuing under Lennon. Yes, you know, he did well at the end of last year and he got more out of that team than was there. But he can't be expected to do that. That That's not how management works. He He's designed to get the best he can out of that team, not make it overperform every single week. I can't see what he can do to improve it without investment. And I won't go into this too much, but I just don't understand why Eddie Davis won't invest because how, what is he going to be left with when he eventually sells this, this club? Where will we be when he eventually gets a bid on it? I appreciate everything that he's done before, but he's starving us. I just don't see what Lennon can do, or any manager could do, in fact. I mean, I don't know what you think, Rob. Yeah, I agree. I don't really know how much Therese Lennon could do, really. Um, he's got no money. Um, he's been left with a pretty poor playing squad and he's tried to rebuild it this year and he's got some decent players in to be fair I think he just needs to keep working with the lads we've got maybe add one or two people to the squad but I think people like 
Pisano when he comes in. I think he'll add something going forwards, particularly, um, which we don't really have. Um, we just need to. We need. To, I think a striker would top this team off. Um, we are we are starting to create things like Silver will come good. I think I think he'll create stuff. Um, Feeney's looking positive as well, so that's a good thing. But in terms of finance, he's not going to have it, so he's got to just work with what we've got. Um, and I think it's a tough it's a tough job for any manager. Um, so it's really really hard for to look at his record compared to Friedman's, for example, um, and Coyle's. Isn't really fair because they they had a bit more money. Um, and we're better off then. So I think he's doing the best he can with a really tough situation. I don't know what you think, Chris. Yeah, it really is a tough situation. You took the words out of my mouth. I was just looking at the list on my agenda here. Megson, obviously we know he spent a fortune just to keep us in the Premier League, and fair enough, he did it. Um, Coyle spent re- you know similar amounts but failed. Then Friedman spent trying to get us back into the Premier League. Uh, so if you look at it as a sliding scale with Megson at the top at, you know, say... 25, 30 million quid, Coyle le- a bit less, Freeman a lot less, and Lennon barely anything. Um, I mean, we've spoken about this before about how he's, he's barely signed anyone for a fee. It's always been loans or it's been free transfers. He's been really, really wheeling, dealing, and trying to, trying to do deals on the sly, proper Harry Redknapp style. He's not had the benefits and the blessings that other, other managers have had. And so I think to judge the win ratio in isolation is a little bit unfair in Lennon. And to use it as a stick to beat him with is just downright stupid. Because, you know, what, what can you imagine Lennon doing with 30 million quid? Premier League or, or Championship? I, I would be pretty confident that he'd spend it a damn sight better than his predecessors have uh, and had at the same time, too. So I don't think there's much he can do about it. Obviously, he's changed his assistant, <clears throat> his assistant manager this week. Steve Walford's come in. Uh, a bit more of a defensive-minded coach than Lennon is. So it's interesting to see if he'll have any impact on the proceedings. Obviously, our defence up to now has been decent, hasn't it? Um, whilst we've only scored four goals in nine games, I, th- I think our levels of conceding goals have been pretty decent overall. And so I've, I've not really got too much in terms of concern uh, from that point of view. But I just think it's all about reinforcements now for this week off. It's about getting a body in up front. Could be Maynard, could be Lafferty, could be somebody we don't know. Um, we've seen with Pizzano and Casado that he can pluck these signings out of thin air that we don't really know much about. And obviously we've not seen them play yet. Um, we may well at weekend, perhaps with, in the right-back's case, given Wilson's performance against Huddersfield. But I trust him. I, I still have just as much faith in London as I did at the start. Obviously we had a, a good upturn of form last season. And we started this season off, you know, granted we didn't win so many of the first few games, but we certainly weren't playing as poorly as we were when we were in the same similar sort of run. Um, the 10-game without a win at the start of Friedman, Friedman's last season. So there's, there's, there's cause for optimism, I think, although it is very demoralising to, to suffer a defeat, such as the one that we did yesterday. Um, I, I think Clough's the big blow. I still think Clough's the big blow, because no matter how good a manager you are, if your best players aren't playing well, or your best players are injured, you, you're not going to stand the chance. Look at Chelsea in the last six weeks or so. All the best players in the whole wide world, but if they're not playing very well, um, out of form, maybe a couple of niggling injuries here and there, it affects you, uh, and it can, inf- it can influence the whole squad as well. And so I think he's had a... He's been managing with with one hand tied behind his back to to sort of rescue the analogy from Liam's a little bit from earlier on, um, and I do I do feel that in the long term he's definitely the best man for us. Now, granted, the, the, the opportunities that we had to take on the likes of uh, Steve Clark and Chris Hutton uh, back when Friedman was sacked, we obviously decried both of those choices being a little bit dour, a little bit uninteresting. Um, but in in their defence, they've gone on Brighton under Hutton being first in the league. And Reading started to have a bit of an upturn in form themselves. They put five past Ipswich last week. So, 
it's difficult because Lennon is is the man as far as I'm concerned. Um, although there are statistics out there that maybe say that he's he's not as effective as maybe we think he is. But I, I certainly won't be advocating change, not not at all. I certainly I don't think anyone could do any better with this particular squad because, granted, he started to bring in his own back four, but otherwise, you know, the midfield is is largely the same as we had uh, under Dougie. The strikers, well, we've always had a bit of a paucity of choice with strikers anyway. So I think it's a case of getting him back on the training field, getting a bit of confidence back in and putting an arm around Medine, saying, come on, you know, you've been a professional footballer, you've got a decent track record, it's going to come. And I know he missed another couple of chances against Huddersfield, but he's got to start believing in himself because he's got the frame, he's got the personality, it seems, as well. He just needs to find that that missing touch. And maybe it will take a goal going in off his backside against Brighton to turn that in. Uh, and I really hope it does. Uh, but we'll talk about Brighton in another couple of minutes or so. But just finally, um, in, in terms of, the, of, of what we can do this, this next week, I think it's vital, absolutely vital, that we, we start to try and think a bit more of an, an attacking point of view. Um, I know it sounds a bit strange given the fact that we just let in four this past weekend, but attack is the best form of defence. It always has been in football as far as I'm concerned. So I'd love to see us start with, with two up front. If we can get another man in alongside Medine, Obviously, Lennon likes to play with the, the little man behind the big man. I'd love him to try two up front, maybe even going 4-4-2 with Feeney and Wellington on each wing, pinging crosses in the box for, for Medine to knock down for whoever to, to plant in the back of the net. I think that attack is the best form of defence where we're concerned. It'll get the fans going, it'll get a bit of excitement too. Four in midfield won't be too bad against Brighton, I don't think, given they, they tend to play with the three, uh, with one just behind the central striker themselves especially away from home. So whether that is Vela, Spearing or Walker, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but we'll talk about Brighton in a sec. So we will just take another short little break and then we'll be back with our penultimate segment talking about Brighton. So lads, stay where you are. Listen, stay where you are. We'll be back right after this. Righty-ho, it's back for segment number four or five. I can't remember now. We love pod 28. Uh, we welcome Brighton to the Reebok on Saturday. Top of the league, Brighton. Um, right, Liam. Wondrous home form is pretty solid, uh, but let's look at the calibre of opposition we're facing. The team that surprised me with how well they've started. Uh, Brighton, the top of the league, remain unbeaten. Uh, oh, how do you think it's going to go? I'd say it's a tricky one for them, to be honest. I mean, obviously, this is a difficult game, given Brighton's form, but I think when you say that they've surprised, I think everyone feels that way, so perhaps it isn't quite what it seems. So I, I always feel confident with bottom Wonders at home, even given the dour situation that we've been painting for the last 15-20 minutes I still feel confident when we're at home so I think we've definitely got a chance but it's one of them that could get, get passes by really Rob what about yourself same question to you um I don't know they've been doing well haven't they top of the league haven't lost um it's gonna be a tough game but I think like you said in the last section if we have a go then we can't really complain that they've tried to win I think we can get a draw against Brighton um I think we've been pretty solid defensively at home. I think hopefully Lennon will rile them up a bit in the in the week and um, get them sorted. Maybe we can nick a goal um, through Gary Medine. That'd be lovely. Um, <laughs> but I think I'll go for a draw against Brighton. Interesting. Uh, Liam, score prediction from you? Um, I'm going to go with my heart and say 2-1 Bolton. <laughs> Good man. You're doing a lot of sighing tonight, by the way. Is it, is it because it's Monday tomorrow? It's... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just feel deflated after yesterday. I think. I think yeah, I'm just it's hard to, to get excited, isn't it? I'm trying to fight my inner negativity. I think and try and paint <laughs> a, a nicer picture, but I, I'm feeling pretty upset with this. It, 
with a situation at Bolton Wanderers at the moment in terms of not necessarily what's going on the pitch, but I don't know. Just I don't like the, the trajectory thing. as a club that we're heading in. I, it's really getting it's really getting to me. I think. <laughs> yeah, we've we've been on the, we've been on a, on a trajectory for quite a while, haven't we? And it's difficult to to make the argument that it's an upward one. Uh, personally, I think we'll we'll get a point. I do fancy us to get a point. I think a, a hard-fought game, a la Sheffield Wednesday, is probably on the cards. Um, but in terms of returning players, Rob, obviously we've got uh, Dorian Devitt available. Um, Lennon said before that Clayton and Wheata, Pisano and Casado are still a fortnight or two away, but he's not He's not one for, for not springing a surprise when the time calls for it. Do you think there's a chance that any of those players could be could be made available uh, and perhaps even drafted into the starting line, given the struggles of those already in the team? Potentially, yeah. I mean... He was pretty scathing about Laurie Wilson, which is unusual for a manager to come out and sing like one player. I would, I would like to see Pisano play, see what he can do. He's played for Cagliari in the Serie A for God knows how long, like eight years or something. So he must have something about him. He must be a good player. Um, played like for Italy as well. Let's not forget, played yeah. for the national team. Yeah, exactly. Um, Casado probably too soon for him. I think. Um, I think. I think Davit's actually injured now. Apparently. So, oh great. Yeah, he came back. He was available last week because he's only out for one match. But, um, yeah, he's got an injury. Um, I think Wheater's not ready yet. But it'd be nice to see Clayton on the bench if he's able to come back. Um, he'd add a bit of spark, I think. I, I'd personally like to see Vela play. I think he's. I think he looked really good against Wolves. I don't understand why he's then not played afterwards. I don't really get it. So I'd like to see him play. And Tom Walker as well. He was... I thought he was our best player for the last game, last ten games of last season. Um, whether he's, I think he got injured in pre-season. He's not really come back the same kind of form. But yeah, I'd like to see him get some time, really. But I don't think he will. Yeah, I think he did get injured against Oldham, didn't he, Walker? Mm. And so he, uh, he has confessed himself in interviews that he's found it difficult to get back into the rhythm of things, which is just to be expected. He's only a, still only a kid. Uh, but same question to you, Liam. Do you think there's any chance of those those returning players being brought in ahead of schedule in in a in a case of needs most really for Wanderers? I think you'd like to, given mm. how scathing he was. I know Rob touched on his um, singling out Laurie Wilson. I, I don't see a problem with that. If someone underperforms, you know, single nope, them out. Absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I think it's quite refreshing, really. It, I don't. It doesn't happen enough for me. So, yeah, I think given how scathing he was, I think he'd like to. Whether whether he was being fully honest and they aren't ready, I don't think he'll chuck them in if they're not. But I think if someone's closer than another one, I think he'd do it just to freshen things up. Yeah, it's time we did it, isn't it? There's no, there's no messing about now with these players. Um, we're going to need to start getting things back on, back on track. I, I would do the same. I, I would try and get them on the bench if possible, see if we can bring them in to, to, to freshen things up towards the end of the game if need be. But are you any concerned, uh, Liam, about the upcoming fixtures? Obviously, the next four, we've got Brighton, Burnley... Birmingham and then Leeds so four teams all in the top ten uh, how many points do you think we can get from those four games <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be tough it's going to be tough isn't it you know we've, um, we've we've had quite a run of tough games I mean there's obviously no easy games when you're one of the weakest teams in the division so I think we can we're gonna look at most games. So just looking at the uh, the games again now, easier when you're looking at them. Realistically, I'd be happy if we got four points from them four. That I think that'd be a great return, and I'd probably 
target Birmingham as one. I know they're doing better than a lot of people expected as well as Brian. And I don't think Birmingham are going to be right up there towards the end of the season. So I would target that one as the one that we can probably win. Brighton and Burnley, obviously, are going to be very tricky. Leeds, you know, they're, they're always there for the taking. They're, a, they're always a day away from a crisis. So who knows what they'll be like when we actually play them. So, yeah, I think if I can, we get four points from then, I think we've done very well. Rob, same question to you, mate. Okay. Um, well, I think we'll draw with Brighton. And the lads should be up for it against Burnley, like they were against Blackburn. So... I don't think Burnley that good anyway. Um, so we get a draw there. Uh, I think we'll go and beat Birmingham because they're Birmingham. Um, and then Leeds, I don't know, you never know with Leeds, do you? But um, no. yeah, I'd back us to get a point against Leeds. They're not that good. And they've got a lot of young kids, haven't they, Leeds? So get in there, get stuck into them. I think we get a point there. So what's that? Seven points? Seven points. I'd be very happy with seven points from four games, the way we've been playing at the minute in time. And Liam... Same with yourself. I think that'd be a decent a decent return. I can see us getting a point on Saturday. I can see us maybe struggling against Burnley, just given the, the way they're playing at this minute in time. But I'd be disappointed if we didn't at least uh, at least take four points when we're Burnley against Leeds. So anywhere from points from those games would be very satisfactory uh, from my point of view. So right, the the, the major issue that we're going to be looking at the weekend is replacing Clough. So. If you can imagine that we maybe do sign someone like Maynard or, or someone of that ilk, would you throw them straight in and play them alongside Medine, Rob? Or would you choose to continue the, the status quo with one up top uh, and push up maybe a midfielder to play behind Medine himself? Or, do you go for Broke or do you, do you play a little bit more cautious and, and see how we get on? Uh, I think it depends. If the new guy comes in, it depends on how much football they've had recently. Um yeah. Someone like Maynard hasn't played for God knows how long. Same with um, Hooper and Lafferty, really, isn't it? Like, Lafferty hasn't played for his club. Mm. We're taking our time with Pisano and Casado, getting them fit again, yeah, but exactly. strike, a strike. Yeah, I'd probably pop them on the bench and maybe play... I, I guess he'll probably play Dobby again, but he wasn't great at the weekend. So, yeah, I think I'd pop him on the bench and then bring him on as an impact sub. Yeah, no, there's a good... There's a good argument to be made for all that at the same time. Uh, Liam, just a, a quick one to talk about the team before we close this segment off. Um, but are you going to spring any surprises or are you going to, are you going to go along with most of the majority of what we've said tonight? Go along with pretty much everything that we've said. I mean, don't, I, I'd quite like us to play 4-4-2, to be honest. But that's just not going to happen because we haven't got two strikers. <laughs> so, you know, um, I think pushing Feeney up there might be worth a go. He can do it. He can do it, and I'd like—I'd like to see him to see him give it a go. To be honest, because you could—I suppose that way you can keep Dan's in the squad because you can knock him yeah. out wide, perhaps, and mm. play Feeney off the main striker. That might be worth considering. That's how he started the season, isn't it? That's what he did against Derby. Mm. Yeah, pace on the break is is very very useful, isn't it? Of course. Yeah, I think that might work. You know, actually thinking about it, I think I've cracked it. Actually, I think, <laughs> I think, I think I've just sussed it, sussed it all out. We'll put Feeney there behind, obviously the. Goal machine Gary Medine, <laughs> and <laughs> and move Dan's out wide. That way you keep his dynamism, and then you can bring in uh, Villa or Spearing. Get one of them in there next to Mark Davis. That's yeah. it. Just we've just we've just beaten Brighton boys. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure everyone it's, listens to this and we've cracked it. Awesome. It's simple. This management lack, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's easy. You should see me on Football Manager. I'm a boss. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute beast. That's good then. So we've got a consensus. We're definitely going to win at weekend because we've actually just given Lennon the uh, the the method with which to go ahead and do it. So quality. Yeah. Well, what we'll do is we'll we won't have a break. We'll dive straight into the final segment today, which is guess who. Uh, there's no love pod question this week. Twofold. 
uh, as to why. Firstly, I set the question a bit late and maybe made it a little bit too complicated. Uh, and secondly, I've not had a chance to collate all the responses either because I've been watching Barcelona as well. So, I'm going to go over to Rob. Rob, now this is Dan's baby. Guess who? Uh, I'll let you explain to the dear listeners of the Love Pod uh, what to expect if they don't know by now. So, Rob, over to you. Okay, so this is Guess Who. Um, I'm sure you've all played the game when you were a child. We flip the little pages up and the little man or woman and you can see their face and you have to then dictate you have to give questions to let people guess who you're talking about so we're going to pick um, a Bolton Wanderer player from the past and I'll have, I've got a few clues for the guys to guess who they are alright you ready guys ready. oh yes okay. ready 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 <laughs> so clue one I was born on the 24th of May 1965 ok ok number two my last role in football was as a coach at Accrington Stanley. Nothing yet. Okay, number three. I was declared bankrupt in 2007 and was last known to be a landscape gardener. <laughs> That's about three quarters of ex-footballers, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, Nothing. Okay, number, f- oh, go on. number four. As well as playing for Bolton, I've also played for Blackburn... Berry, Blackpool, and Preston. See, I was going to go with Colin Hendry, but I don't think he played for any of those teams. He played for Blackpool. He did, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't play. I don't think he played for the other lads, though. Okay, yeah, I'm going to keep my powder dry. I managed Scarborough for the 2006-07 season. Bloody hell, managed Scarborough. (laughs) This is a good one, this. Yeah, Uh... this is. I like you better than Dan. I like you better than Dan. (laughs) I I got Dan. I want a Dan's once off Daniel Sturridge's date of birth straight away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that was the one that I did that week. Was it? It, was, it was so it was so pathetically easy. Not bad after that. <laughs> there was one where there's a player born on my birthday. I didn't know who it was. All oh, right, and it wasn't yourself. It wasn't me. No, I haven't played for Bolton yet. <laughs> well, there's still time. There's still time. <laughs> okay, clue six. I scored eleven goals in 169 games for Bolton. So it's probably a centre forward. It's, it's probably a striker then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I'm struggling with this one. I'm struggling with this one. I scored my first Bolton goal against Tranmere on the first of March, 1991. Oof. Hang on, let me try and do a bit of maths in my head. First goal in 1991. He's a coach. Good grief. I hope you've got loads more more clues, pal, because I'm really struggling. Yeah, there's some easy ones. <laughs> Easier. Next one? Yeah. Bolton sold me to Sheffield United for £300,000 plus Nathan Blake. Ah, got it. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Easy, got it, got it, got it. Mark Patterson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remembered for his shocking pass against Oldham at home in the FA Cup quarter final as well. <laughs> Cost us a goal against uh, Darren Beckford. I don't yeah. know if he's any relative of Jermaine, but fuck him. Fuck him all over. <laughs> Excellent, that, Rob. I think that was probably the world record, that, for the number of clues that it took to get that one. That was eight clues. Good grief, Liam. What are we doing? I had four more. Do you want to hear the four others? Let's hear the four more, yeah. Uh, so number nine was, I finished my career on loan at Lee RMI in 2003. Oh, still wouldn't have got that. I played in Bolton's famous cup win over Liverpool. Oh, right. I was a flying left winger. That might not be true. Um, I, I remember him more as a, as a sort of central midfielder. 
Yeah, I kind of vaguely remember him playing <coughs> the wing. Yeah, my recollection, really at least, but, anyway. And I was born in Darwin, Lancashire, which wasn't a very good clue, but that's <laughs> everything else I knew about him. So Fair enough. I mean, that was a good uh, good, good set of clues there, Chief. I'm impressed. Decent spree of Northwest clubs, though, weren't there? What, what clubs was it you played for again? Blackburn, Bury, Blackpool and Preston. Bloody hell. You got around that, a bit. That's Nicky Hunt style, that tra- traversing the Northwest looking for a game. <laughs> He had a Northwest train ticket, didn't he? That's what. Yeah, was. that's right. Yeah, he had, a, he had a, a day saver that he could use whenever he wanted. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that's going to an end for Love Pod Twenty Eight. Uh, so a bit of a shorter one tonight, despite the fact we've had to covered quite a lot of topics. But uh, what can I say? It's Sunday. We've all got work tomorrow, except Dan. He'll be well, as we know, he'll be on his uh, on his little holiday. So Dan, hope you're listening. Hope everything's going well for you over in Sheffield. Uh, Rob, thanks so much for joining us tonight and for being our uh, our resident tech whiz. Liam, same to you, but minus the tech whiz bit. Um, don't forget, you can still vote for Line of Vienna Suite on the Football Blog Awards as well. We've got a, a tweet pinned to the top of our Twitter page, a link at the top of our website as well. You can follow us on Twitter, you can like us on Facebook, you can leave a review on iTunes as well. Like we said previously, if it's not five-star, don't bother. Uh, Bolton Play... Brighton at home this Saturday at the Reebok, so hopefully you'll all get yourselves down there, make some noise, and we'll uh, we'll have a good performance to, to free up another week. But we'll be back on Sunday to talk Love Pod 29. Uh, it's been emotional. Rob, Liam, thanks for your time. Everyone listening, thanks for downloading us, and we'll be back next week. So that's it. Have a good one.